Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the HR Cartel Podcast. I am your host, Tim Dive. Once more, I want to ask you again, if you like this podcast, what we talk about, the things we share, do us a favor and do everyone a favor that may need to hear this message and give it a like, a share, a follow, a subscribe, whatever it is, whatever that button says on the platform that you listen to this on, just click it, give it a hit and uh, and share it with some friends because uh, yeah, the things we share in this podcast uh, are really targeted for small and medium-sized businesses, not just business owners, but people who work in there as well. Um, we, we ultimately want to make things better um, in Australian workplaces, so that's what we're here to do. So give us a share and, uh, and like and a subscribe and all that sort of stuff. That will help us out a lot, and I appreciate that very much. I want to talk about some signs that you may see in your leaders or in your leadership group that should cause you some concern um, should they be there. And if they are there, start to consider what's happening in that leadership group of yours. Look for some signs of performance issues and maybe your sales records or your, your, your records, your sales um, targets aren't being met month after month. They're sliding a little bit. Um, you don't know why. Um, maybe there's some other signs like that going on. But what we'll talk about here is specifically what are your leaders doing? What sort of behaviours are they displaying? What are the conversations they're having? How are they acting with each other and with yourself as the business owner or um, a senior leader? Um, and what might that mean? There's also a very interesting industrial relations update. I'm going to give later to you. Things are heating up in the parliament with this closing the loopholes bill, which is a bullshit bill, as we all know. It's just a, a union wish list and it's the worst that we've seen um, for many, many, many years. So we'll talk about that because that's that's getting very, very interesting in uh, in, the, in the parliament. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Firstly, um, oh, just while I'm on it, you, you might think we're, you might notice if you're watching this um, visually, not just listening to it, we're in a new spot. This is our new office in the Gold Coast here in Bundle. We've moved in here about a week ago and we're recruiting now to fill the walls, to, to fill the rooms up. So keep an eye out um, for some new faces joining our team. It's a great little spot too, actually. If you're near Bundle, shout out. Come and get a coffee with us. Come and have a chat. Check out the new place. Anyway, getting back to it. Leaders. So, you know, the, leaders need – there's so much bullshit around leadership, right? There's, there's so much um, – opinion and um you know just buzzwords and and all this sort of stuff and and you know it, it's it's such a such a a subject that gets so many eyes put on it and so much interest in it and everyone has an opinion about it um but you can say whatever you want about leaders and you can say whatever you want to as a leader um but your performance and your behavior your conduct that says everything that we need to know about the type of leader you are, the type of person you might be in the workplace um, and what you might be capable of professionally. And that's what I want to talk more about now. I've been in this game for now, you know, 17 years, I think it is, 16, 17 years, maybe maybe more, can't really remember right now. But um, the, these traits, these behavioural traits that I'm going to talk about today, I've seen them time and time again in businesses that are, that are displaying some serious commercial issues, performance issues, sales-focused businesses that are just month after month after month and quarter after quarter not hitting the targets. They can't figure out why. Um, 
And what, what you'll also find is that a lot of these uh, behaviours and traits will form and live and thrive, unfortunately, in businesses where the top dogs, the owners or the top senior management are a little bit disconnected from that next line of operational leadership. And as such, they're not close enough to be able to see and monitor things as best they can or as much as they should to be able to identify these types of traits and behaviours and, and talk about it, raise it as they see it. But let's just consider a few of them. There might be four, you know, four or five things that, are, that, I'll, that I'll specifically name um, that are quite common in these types of environments. The first thing is, um, you know, when I'm talking to leaders and I'm having multiple conversations with leaders and this same topic comes up, it's an obsession with their position title, with what they're called. And I might just say, look, any one of these things that I talk about in this podcast now, um, if any one of them are, are happening on their own, may not be an issue, right? It might just be some sort of sticking point for a leader. But if a few of these things are happening together and you're seeing results commercially that are unfavorable, I think we can we can we can figure out where the, where the issues lie, right? But this first one, like I said, there's an obsession with position title, what they're called. They might change position titles a lot or request to. Um, now, that might be happening. Now, what's really going on there? What's, in my view, what's really happening there is that they, they, they want to have a clear understanding by people around them who they have authority over. It's a control thing. Um, there's a there's some sort of thing going on for them, um, psychologically, emotionally, call it whatever you will, where they feel like they have to have control over people, and to have control over people, they have to have authority in their in their minds. Now, this is old school management versus more modern leadership, right? Leaders lead from the front, managers tell you what to do when they have authority. It's just another. It's it's this is how that sort of mentality manifests in conversations that I have with leaders. So that's number one, right? They're, they're regularly talking about their titles um, or they're, they're obsessed with their title. They might change their titles a fair bit and that would be very important to them to do so. But what they're really saying there is that they want to make sure people know that they have authority over them. And that's not a very attractive trait, right? It's not one of those leadership personality traits we look for in, uh, in what will probably make a good leader uh, or intelligent leader. Another one is um, a consistency of this person or these people having some serious difficulties with unfavourable feedback. Um, it's very difficult to have a conversation with them, give them feedback, um, be it constructive, uh, or all types of things like that where they're going to be accepting of it and willing to hear it. Um, but what's really happening there? If they've got that sort of behaviour, that sort of reaction, what's really happening is that they feel threatened. They feel threatened rather than the ability to see that uh, the information they're getting is an indication of an area for improvement, an opportunity to make things better, an opportunity to make a change here or there and an adjustment to either a structure 
a, a workflow, a way of doing whatever it is you're talking about, where they're going to get better results, um, better performance, better outcomes, whatever it is, right? They feel threatened by that conversation. And they feel threatened by that conversation because they think it's an attack on them personally. And what this indicates to us is that there's just this lack of leadership sophistication in the way that they're able to actually take in information and understand it for what it is, understand what it means, and then put some actions in place as a result of that conversation. Okay, so that one again is they have difficulty with unfavorable feedback. Now, those two things are kind of, um, they're not even really that similar. You know, someone who's obsessed with their title and wants to stamp authority and has passion for their title and that sort of thing, and then someone who doesn't want to hear um, bad things about themselves at all, right? But they're, they're, they're pretty um, closely aligned in terms of um, if you have one, you're likely going to have the other, right, with those two things. Let's move on to the next one. Um, people who are or leaders who are constantly changing the rules or even policies, rewriting policies, um, reinterpreting policies, um, changing what the policies mean or say or reissuing them or just changing general workplace rules, just always making new rules up or pulling old ones back and changing them and, and mixing things up. Um, what does that tell us about the person? What, it's, what, it, what that kind of approach tells us when a leader is doing it, and not just once or twice, but, I mean, constantly changing things, constantly changing rules. That means that they have a, a real hard time setting and managing workplace boundaries. And what does that mean? That means that the performance levels that are required of a person in their job are not being clearly understood or articulated to your people, to, to your, your teams. So let's say if people who are responsible for sales in your business, sales teams, um, someone who's a leader who's always changing the rules around sales, around commissions, around minimum thresholds of sales before you get commission, for example, um, around how commission's paid or whatever it is that affects a sales team. Leaders who are constantly changing the rules have extreme difficulty setting a standard or a boundary and holding that standard and getting people to come up to that standard. And that's probably because they're a bit fearful um, of their authority being questioned. Um, you know, if, if people are unhappy, and this is an, an, um, a, there's a, an associated point to this one as well, but it, essentially, you know, this is pandering. It's pandering to employees. It's a misunderstanding of um, what employee satisfaction really means and really is in a workplace. Um, and it's it causes a real mess, right? This chopping and changing, changing goalposts, changing rules. People are always confused. Um, you know, role clarity, it destroys that. So that's another one. This is one that you'll agree with, no doubt. Leaders that can't take accountability. For some reason, they just can't take accountability. And again, all, all this is really is um, it's a lack of maturity in leadership. It's a lack of sophistication and leadership, uh, in leadership, I should say, sorry. But what, what happens with when they have an inability or they just can't seem to take accountability for, for problems um, is that, you know, that they, they, 
they pass that on. This trait, this behaviour gets passed on down to the, the, the lower levels, if you will, but you know, the rest of the team. Um, this is a standard that gets set behaviourally by, by poor leaders, the inability to take accountability, and that goes on and, and causes a major, major problem in, uh, in, in teams. The inability or unwillingness to challenge underperformance. Right? These last few are a little bit related when you think about it, aren't they? And again, this is one where they misunderstand employee satisfaction. So, for example, what you might have here is where um, let's let's link a few of these together. A leader has um, cha- keeps changing the rules because they can't seem to set a boundary or set a performance level and hold it and demand that people come up to meet that performance level. And that performance level isn't overperformance. That's just what do you expect? What are you expected to do in your nine to five job? What are you actually taking a wage home for? You know, what are you being paid to do? That's the standard, okay? Now, when employees aren't able to do that for whatever reason, systems might be shit, structure might be broken, um, there might be a uh, um, some sort of overwhelming workload that isn't being handled properly. Whatever whatever's getting in the way of performance doesn't really matter, um, but. The, the, the thing here is that the empl- their manager is m- misunderstanding employee satisfaction. So, um, you know, they won't challenge the underperformance. What they'll do is they'll, um, they'll kind of accept the underperformance and they'll change uh, the rules around the employees in the workplace of, what, of what's acceptable um, because they think that employee satisfaction um, is, you know, again, a buzzword, you know, um, in get engaged employees they think a satisfied employee or an un- a non-threatened employee is an engaged employee it's not the case in fact there's study after study that say you know engagement is gained or created in in workforces when people are suitably challenged when it, when when work is difficult enough for them to give them that challenge and, and you know when workloads are not too much but enough to keep them busy, to keep them challenged, to keep them having to be focused on the next on the next goal, the next target, and have something to work towards. Um, when somebody or a leader is in- unable to challenge underperformance, that takes all that away. It's not employee satisfaction. It's just appeasing employees that don't perform to the standard that you need them to. So that's another one. Um, I'll just run over those again. So you've got obsessions with titles. You've got difficulties with unfavorable feedback, with hearing criticism or constructive feedback. You've got uh, leaders who constantly change policies and change rules in the workplace. You've got leaders who can't seem to take accountability. And you've got leaders who are unwilling um, to challenge underperformance around of people around them. They'd rather just uh, change the standard to appease the employees. Those five things are really big signs that you've got some serious issues in your in your leadership group. Now, they're, they're not as uncommon as you might think, right? I've seen these things happen uh, and occur in businesses time and time again. Um, you know, some other things that I'll – some side notes here too that I want to make with regards to these types of items. Um, what, might you, what might you see happening within your leadership group when these types of behaviours or these types of people are in there. Or you're going to find there's some collusion in the in the, the group, in the leadership group. 
you're going to find a group within a group, if you will. And that's not healthy when it's your leaders, right? Your leadership group has to be a single unit, has to be aligned with the priorities of the organisation as it relates to their departments and their teams, of course, but they've got to be aligned. You've got to all understand where the business is going, pushing towards that one goal, working together, assisting each other, supporting each other, understanding everyone's situations and environments. Why they do this is because they've, they're, I'm not, I don't want to say incompetent, but I want to say that they're, they're not sophisticated leaders. They don't really get what leadership is. They haven't, they haven't been developed as leaders um, or, you know, yeah, for whatever reason they've got. They're just not sophisticated leaders. Strength in numbers is how they collude. They think that they know they're not performing, right? They, they know this. They know things aren't going well. Um, that's why they behave this way. They think strength in numbers. Well, if we're all together and and I'm convincing you and you're convincing me to say the same thing and sing out the same hymn, hymn sheet in defense of ourselves and our performance, well, we've got strength in numbers with us against against the the big dogs, the owners or the, or the senior leaders. Um, you know, they we're together on this. We're not just going to be singled out and targeted and lose our jobs and be punished. Um, yeah, they're, they're very unsure of themselves, uh, really. And it, 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 there's probably an exuberance or, or and there's overconfidence when they talk about things that are happening in the workplace and the reasons why things aren't great. But what they're really doing is they're covering up poor performance and they're using each other to do it, okay? Um, the collusion... You got more than one leader that's acting like this. You, you, you're going to see this split in, in your leadership group. If one leader is acting like this, they're going to stand out like dogs' balls. If you've got a, a, a group of sophisticated leaders who are performing well, who are managing teams well, who are hitting their goals, their targets, and and or at least you know meeting expectations, and you've got one leader who behaves in this way, in this other way, the, the, you know, demonstrating these things that we've been talking about they're going to stand out very quickly and they'll either get themselves out of the business of their own accord um, or you know, they'll, they'll show signs very, very quickly that will be easy to see and uh, identified and, and managed. Some other things that you'll see uh, as an outcome of these sort of behaviours, some signs to look for, is that issues raised with these people, with these leaders, that remain Weeks and months later, even years later, in that in those rare circumstances where um, leaders are left alone for a very long periods of time, um, you know these issues that were known three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, they're still there, and they're worse, of course. Right? These issues might be retention, high turnover of staff in specific teams, maybe. It could be um, just you know, issues with the system the business uses. You know, it's it's, a, it's an old dinosaur operating system, for example. Been known for years. Your, your leadership group who you're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for haven't fixed it yet. You provide resources. You provide solutions and ideas. You provide directions and instructions and deadlines to get things done. Did they get done? No, they didn't get done. Okay, that's another big sign that you're going to see from, from leaders like this. And, it, and these are things that cost you significant amounts of money in lost revenue, uh, in inefficiencies, 
and in in lost employees who would probably be great performing employees otherwise. Um, you name it. There's so many ways you can bleed money with situations like this. So there's just a few signs, right? Pay attention to those things. If if you're listening to this and and you're thinking, geez, it's, some of that stuff is actually present in my business, um, then you know what? Let's have a conversation. Reach out. If you're one of those um, owners or leaders who's a little bit more detached from the day-by-day grind, and let's face it, sometimes you have to be. Sometimes you choose to be. Sometimes you have to be. But if things aren't structured and set up well enough, you're really running a dangerous game there of losing revenue, people, you know, driving up your inefficiency, all that sort of stuff, and your business isn't going to be great. Now, what do you want to do? Do you want to sell your business? Do you want to get it looking that great that it's an attractive purchase option for for someone out there looking to buy a business that wants that, that operates well? It's going to have um, fewer teething issues in a transition, all that sort of stuff. Well, you know, you want to pay attention to this because people who buy businesses professionally can see these problems. Doesn't mean they won't buy a business, but it means that it will drive your price right down. I buy it for next to nothing and force you and force your hand in that. I, I, you know, I, I know business people who look for businesses just like this because they can drive the value of the business right down near to next to nothing and buy this business with a lot of promise, make a few tweaks and adjustments, get the dead wood out and what a, what a purchase that is, what a turnaround that is. But it was pretty easy in the, in the first place. You said to identify those those links. Um, so anyway, you know, whatever your motivations in business are, if you own the business or if you're a senior senior leader in the business, if you're seeing signs like this in your people or outcomes in your business like this, and you can you can bring them back to certain leaders who are behaving a certain way, talking a certain way, prioritizing themselves over the over the group, that sort of stuff, then do something about it. That's your problem right there. There it is. Those are the signs. Have a look for them. So anyway, I hope that helps someone out there. I'm sure it's going to. Um, and yeah, these, aren't, these aren't things that, um, you know, you probably don't already know really, are they? But, you know, you don't always know what they mean. When you see someone who's in your, in your business who's just obsessed with their title, who's obsessed with walking in and people knowing that they, they manage them, they're the boss over, over four or five people. Um, you might, you might, um, and this is common. You might see that and understand that's the the way someone in your business is. And if someone says something about it, you, your response is, "Oh, that's just Johnny. Nah, it's just it's just what he's like. Just Johnny. Don't worry about that." But really, you know, no, nah, it's probably a sign that he's a really bad leader. Johnny's probably shit house. Can you help Johnny? Can you improve Johnny? You should. Then you should. Right? Doesn't mean you have to go and wield an axe, but it might. It might mean that. And if you don't, it could cost you lots of money. So let's get on. Let's talk about this uh, this industrial relations update. And I find it really interesting, you know. This closing closing loopholes bill um, is a real mess. It's a real mess. Um, and there's been some very crafty, let's call it chess playing going on um, in the Senate. Um, and yeah, the coalition and the independents in the Senate have um, 
I think probably colluded in this in this sense. And um, you know, good on them. It's very interesting. What what's happened is um, the, the the independents. I think it's Jackie Lambie and Pocock, the two independents in the Senate. What they've done is right. They've they've they got this closing loopholes bill from the Labor government. And it's a monster of a bill, changes everything. And they said, no, no way, but we need more time. We're going to do a Senate inquiry on this bill and push this out into 2024. Um, and by the end of February 2024, we'll have your Senate inquiry completed, at which point we'll be able to review all the information and vote on those on, on that bill then. Um, now, the Labor government wanted that bill passed by now, probably passed by Christmas. Um and it's it changes an awful lot about employment law in in Australia. Changes a, a hell of a lot, um, and it's it's an unfortunate thing. Now, what the independents did, Jackie Lambie and Pocock have done, they've pulled this bill into uh, a part basically. And what they've done is, as senators, they've submitted their own their own sort of private members' bill into the Senate, and they've taken four four parts of this closing loopholes bill. And submitted them as their own um, as their own submissions put into put into the Senate uh, as different bills, four separate bills. And these are things that protect the safety of employees. I think there's a silicosis um, one in there. There's um, you know I, I, I won't go into the the, the, the nitty gritty detail of the bills, but there's four four bills that are reasonable bills that will bring about change in a positive way in safety and health and that sort of stuff. For a whole range of, of workers in Australia, um, and they're non-contentious. So they've been, they've pulled them out of the closing loopholes bill and they've submitted them back into the Senate. And the coalition and the independents have passed those in the in the Senate. And now they're going to go to to uh, to, to the, the the House of Representatives to be voted on. Now, why is that interesting? I'll, I'll stop speaking like a nerd here, but that's very interesting because what the Labor government now has to do. Right, because you know, this very action, splitting the bill up into less contentious items that could be passed in the Senate as the Labor government wanted by the end of this year, um, the independents requested the government do that and they said, no way, we're not doing it. The entire bill is important. It's all we've got to go through. You've got to vote on it. You've got to pass it. That's why the Senate said, no, we're kicking it into next year. That's not fair. Um, so now um, with the independents' actions, What's interesting about this is now um, the Labor government has to debate against their own bill. So that's really that's that's going to be something to watch. The, the Labor government has to argue um, not to approve its four bills that have been taken from their own larger bill. Um, so look. It's 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 a bit nerdy. I know I get that, but uh, this closing loopholes bill is the biggest thing in industrial relations and has been for a number of years. Um, and this political game playing going on is amazing. It's it's really interesting to see what's going to happen here. So keep your eye on that because um, that has the potential to to totally destroy and undermine the integrity of this closing loopholes bill. Um, and come next year, end of February. Um, we'll see what that looks like because the coalition, the the the, the liberal governments and the, and the nationals, they've guaranteed there's no way that they're going to let uh, this Senate inquiry be completed before the end of February next year, into the, into the closing loopholes bill. So Labor have lost that battle, um, and they they may be about to uh, they have to form their own sword if they have to debate against their own bills. 
um, in uh, in House Representatives. So let's watch that and see what happens. That's good news for business owners. Um, that could really weaken uh, what the Labor government is attempting to do uh, to employers in this country come um, uh, July next year. So we'll keep an eye on that. You know, we won't, we won't get into all the nerdy details and the, the, all that nitty gritty uh, of those bills. Um, I'll save you that that um, that drama, but uh, I'll keep an eye on that. You should keep an eye on that, and uh, we'll talk more about what that means as as that rolls through. I hope that's been helpful. Um, you know, I just really wanted to, to to come on this time around um, and just share some some things that might help businesses because um, right now every dollar counts right it's um, yeah inflation's gone up and it's really difficult for businesses to pass on those costs to, to, to customers without adding to the problem and eventually the balloon bursts right and we don't want that to happen um, but businesses have to look internally right now and they have to make those improvements internally if you can make a 10 percent improvement to your business and how it operates and how how efficient it is well, then you're beating inflation, right? You're getting ahead of it. So um, it's worth doing. It's going to save your business potentially um, in, in some, some really hard times. One of the best ways to do this is to just think and consider, and consider, do I have these things going on? Do I have people and leaders especially who are obsessed with their title, who are obsessed with people knowing um, that they're a manager, that they have authority? Um, that's going to indicate to us that, there's some some leadership issues that the priorities are in the wrong place that the person doesn't really look for the right things to fix. Um, they might be blinded by by their pride a little bit. Um, the leaders have difficulty receiving unfavorable feedback. Again, that's a, another sign that their eyes aren't seeing the real problems that they should be spending time on. Okay, they're they're more fixated on on, on themselves how they're being perceived. Uh, rather than enabling a whole workforce to work better and get more efficient, um, are they ch- are they constantly changing the rules and the policies and what people think is the way that the workplace runs? Are they doing that? Because that's again going to drive down your efficiencies. It's going to frustrate people. It's going to make people leave your organisation. And there's plenty of work out there. Trust me. I'm trying to recruit right now. You know, three three or four different jobs for clients. Very difficult, right? There's plenty of work out there. People aren't applying for them, so but, you know it's still, it's still a candidate market out there. People will leave. Uh, do you have leaders who can't seem to take accountability? Well, that's a problem too, right? Because how are you supposed to get things fixed? They're just going to be hiding problems from you. They can't take accountability. They don't want to hear about it from you because they don't want to hear that difficult feedback that you need to give them. So you can't see what's actually wrong. Um, are they unwilling to challenge underperformance? In the teams below them, uh, you know, are they misunderstanding that um, engaged employees doesn't mean that you have to make everyone happy and feel unthreatened and unchallenged in the workplace? It's the opposite. Okay, so look for those signs. Um, of course, you know, if you've got issues that you've spoken about a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, two months ago, three months ago, and they're still there, get them fixed. That's a sign that your leaders that your leaders aren't capable of it. So train them, educate them, develop them, or get them out. Right? Just make these make these changes. All right, let's wrap it up at that.
Hope you've enjoyed that one. Hope it helps somebody share it. Once again, subscribe, give us a like, give us a follow if you enjoy listening to this podcast and even reach out and, um, and, and share some thoughts with us. We'll appreciate that. Until next time, keep it tight, workplace.